I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back. I am looking at a piece of legislation right now, the title of which reads, Joint Resolution to Protect Utah's Institutions of Higher Education from Chinese Communist Party Influence. Let me read that again. You, you, you heard right. Joint Resolution to Protect Utah's Institutions of Higher Education from Chinese Communist Party Influence. The chief sponsor of this piece of legislation, a House Joint Resolution number 8, is Candace Perucci. Representative Perucci joins us on the line now to talk about this piece of legislation. Uh, Representative, welcome to the program. How are you? Doing well. How are you, Lee? I'm doing all right. I'm better now chatting with you. I understand your time is tight, so let's get right uh, to it. Talk to me about the, the, the threat from Chinese Communist Party influence on Utah's institutions of higher education. Yeah, and you got to love the, the titles we have for our bills and our resolutions, right? Um, but this is speaking specifically to Confucius Institutes, um, that we do have two in our state. And these are um, institutes that have been identified by the State Department as propaganda outlets and arms of the Chinese Communist government. Um, the Department of Defense is also coming out with recommendations on these. And we've seen since about 2014 um, 45 different universities in 30 different states have actually closed down their Confucius Institutes. There are a lot of issues um, that range from, first off, at Confucius Institutes, generally when uh, the, the culture and the heritage of China is taught, they sanitize their history. Let's, they let's, teach that Taiwan... Oh, go ahead. Let, sorry, let's just take a quick step backwards. What, what are we talking about? What is a Confucius Institute? And you say there are okay, two of great. them here in the state. Uh, what, what are yeah. they? How do they operate? So, oh, great question. So a Confucius Institute um, can be set up, and uh, with the Chinese Communist government, right, they will come to a university and say, hey, we will fund um, a professor who can come teach your students Mandarin Chinese, which is fantastic for students, right, to be able to teach Mandarin Chinese. It's a development opportunity, right? Um, but the issue with that is they control the contracts. There are a lot of academic freedom restrictions in place amongst other things. But but on its front, that's what they're doing. And there are two of them here in the state of Utah, two of these Confucius Institutes. Where are they? That's correct. They're at the U and SUU. And how old are those relationships? When did uh, when did the U and Southern Utah, when did they uh, join? You know, that is, that's a great question. I'll have to look back and see when they opened up their institutes. Sure. Like I said, I think um, since the early 2000s, these have been going on, but I'll have to check and see okay. on ours. That's a great question. Fair enough. And and why why is Candace Perucci, why is Representative Perucci the one uh, leading the charge uh, against these institutions or these institutes, I should say? So this is something I've been working with our federal delegation on. As you know, I, I worked previously uh, for a member of our federal delegation and was aware of Confucius Institutes and the issues uh, that they posed for our universities. And so now as a legislator and, and having previously sat on the Higher Ed Appropriations Committee, being able to take a closer look at where we're housing them and just being aware of some of those issues that we're seeing across the country for these. And I felt like it was important that we bring it forward now. 
I, as I was getting ready for this conversation, uh, just doing some quick Googling and looking at the relationship between the Confucius Institutes, uh, the, the various universities, the two of them now, and the state legislature, I, I couldn't help but very quickly uh, come across a, a citation honoring the institute uh, here signed by uh, legislative leadership, uh, particularly President Wayne Niederhauser, Speaker at the time Greg Hughes, and Senator Howard Stevenson. Have have their attitudes changed to your knowledge, and how is it that uh, that just three years ago the legislature was praising the institute, and now we have uh, you know seemingly a different attitude, at least uh, from you and and your partners at the federal level? So this bill just became public yesterday, and so I am still working with different groups and, and stakeholders and and addressing any concerns that there might be with this. I think more and more as we've seen. Um, like I said, across the country, the issues that have developed, it's become apparent that it's something we need to address here. I do want to make sure it's clear um, that uh, we love the Chinese people and we think it's incredibly important, right, for people who want to pursue learning in Mandarin Chinese that they have that opportunity. But we also have to be looking at the format through which that's served. So much uh, of the literature available about the about these institutes, it focuses on the immersion, the dual immersion, ability to to learn the language. Is are they operating outside of that scope here in Utah at the two universities where the institute uh, has a presence? What have we seen from from uh, from the institute here in Utah? So from what I've gathered in from my conversations with the universities, um, that is not as big of a, a, a challenge as it may have been in other states. Um, it, my understanding was there was just one professor that had over overreach and crossover with our dual immersion programs, but largely the Confucius Institutes in Utah have been limited to our, our universities. And that's what this bill works to address. In no way am I trying to end our dual immersion programs, right? But looking at specifically our universities and the Confucius Institutes there. And I think it's important to note that a lot of times students who are pursuing, you know, Mandarin Chinese learning uh, that course, they want to go into business or some level of national security. And from what I've been told, um, particularly from Senator Romney's office, and he's been very vocal on this issue, is that that's actually a huge ding. When they go for a background check, it raises serious red flags when someone has um, interacted with and participated in activities of the Confucius Institute. And so I think we're doing a disservice to our students. Um, when they think they're pursuing something that will help them, that's actually hurting them. Fascinating. Uh, listen, I know you have uh, some work you need to get to, so I'll let you go. But l- l- promise me this: as this continues, and as we get uh, you know a more clear understanding of the of the influence of this institute here in the state of Utah, when we uh, are able to identify you know specific elements of propaganda that have been infused into the teachings, uh, let's continue this conversation as well uh, as keeping an eye on on how this moves and makes its way through uh, the Utah State Legislature. Representative Perucci, thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, Lee. Thanks. All righty. Listen, before we go to break, let me – you heard heard Representative Perucci there make reference to uh, Senator Romney. Uh, I did a little bit of digging, and she's right. Uh, Senator Romney has for some time been focused on this very issue, uh, specifically the true nature and the true objectives – of the Confucius Institute. In fact, uh, it wasn't that long ago that he, uh, sitting as a member of the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee, uh, he participated in a hearing titled China's Impact on the U.S. Education System. I want you to hear some of the questions that he asked and some of the concerns that he raised in that setting. 
because he is talking about exactly what is being uh, debated here on Utah's Capitol Hill uh, under the direction of Representative Perucci. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, I'll share with you what Senator Romney has said in the congressional committee setting. But let me first ask you before we go to break, uh, and please respond via text, 57500. Have you uh, yourself or maybe a child of yours as a student or in any capacity had any interactions you'd like to share? with the Confucius Institute at any of the various places it operates here in the state of Utah. The Confucius Institute. Have you witnessed anything claimed by Representative Ferrucci? What are your thoughts and feelings? I'll share with those next after the break, as well as the words of Senator Romney next on Live Mike. Welcome back to Live Mike. We're discussing something called the Confucius Institute. The Confucius Institute. Have you ever been a, a student who interacted with the Confucius Institute? Do you have any children who may have uh, taken instruction from the Institute at uh, you know any university around the country, uh, but specifically two here in the state of Utah, Southern Utah University or the University of Utah? The, the reason I bring it up is because if, if you weren't listening before the commercial break, I just had a conversation with a representative on Utah's Capitol Hill, uh, Candace Perucci. She represents the 52nd District here in uh, Utah, and she has just today made public uh, a resolution which would move the universities to discontinue their relationships with the Confucius Institute, citing uh, various, various threats posed by the by the Chinese government, specifically the Communist Party, as they uh, have been identified by many to wield very strong influence and control, in many senses, uh, of the institutes around the country. Uh, interestingly, this this topic hasn't, you know, it hasn't been a, a massive headline-making topic. It has, uh, in some respects, gone under the radar. In fact, you may, for the first time right now listening to this program, have heard uh, Confucius Institute. You may have never heard of it before. But know that in the background, there has been uh, quite a debate over whether or not uh, this institute should be able to uh, operate here in the country. And there has also been a great debate over what exactly the objectives of this institute are. Very basically, the institute operates this way. It enters into uh, agreements with various universities across the country, both public and private, and that agreement looks something along the lines of, we, the institute, will pay you, the university or college, a big chunk of money to teach some things. Maybe we'll even bring in enough money to hire a professor to teach uh, maybe language or culture or history or whatever the case may be, Uh, but all of it stemming from uh, China. And some have looked at that and said, uh, well, you know what, maybe that's an effort to, uh, who knows, uh, indoctrinate American students or uh, wield undue influence on universities. The concern has risen to such degrees that uh, various government, U.S. government institutions, have uh, taken and undertaken uh, investigations. Uh, specifically, the U.S. Government Accountability Office. You hear uh, every once in a while about GAO studies. 
GAO studies. Well, uh, released uh, just a, a year and a half ago or so, the GAO, the Government Accountability Office, uh, concluded an investigation which took place over the course of many years, uh, and it looked at the operations of uh, the the Confucius Institute. It also looked at the scope of spread, and it found this, that almost every state in our country Almost every single state uh, plays home to at least one Confucius Institute. At least one. And each one of those relationships, each one of those established institutes around the country uh, has an agreement. And the GAO reviewed those agreements. What exactly are the terms that allow you to operate here on the campus of this university? Some of it was pretty straightforward. Some of it was uh, language-based. Some of it was cultural-based. Some of it, though, was secret. Some of it, though, was unknown. Some of it also called for certain areas of discussion to be off-limits. Certain criticisms of the Chinese government. Can't talk about Taiwan or Tibet. If you're going to be operating with Confucius Institute money, you can't criticize China. You can't talk about Taiwan and Tibet. How does that sit with you? Well, let me share with you how it sits with Utah Senator Mitt Romney. A few years back, Senator Romney had occasion to sit in on a Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs hearing. The title of that hearing was China's Impact on the U.S. education system. Uh, The way these hearings work is there is a panel of witnesses, and each senator is allotted a certain amount of time to ask some questions. That's the basic layout. What often happens, though, is during that question-and-answer time, some of the questions posed by senators turns into uh, statements made by the senators. And so you can glean a lot about the views uh, of the various senators participating. Here is Senator Romney. Uh, talking about the major differences between the U.S. and China, between U.S. and China, and asking about the goal of the Confucius Institute. I think it uh, is pretty clear that that we and and China have very different views on a whole host of very important topics. Um, and I've just I was just running down a list here, but everything from how we deal. Uh, and, and, and welcome minorities in our civilization, uh, how we uh, believe about diversity, uh, what we think about single-party rule, uh, uh, how we would deal with Taiwan, for instance. Uh, our perspective on censorship is very different. Our perspective on human rights is very, very different. The rule of law uh, uh, in our nation and, and their nation uh, is very different. The South China Sea is an area of great conflict. The list goes on and on. We have a number of things that are very different between the perspectives of a free people in the United States of America uh, and the leadership of, of China. And so I wonder whether these, Confucius, these uh, uh, Confucius Institutes are part of an influence campaign by the uh, Chinese government to shape attitudes in the minds of the American uh, children, the coming generations, as to those, those kinds of differences. Is this really a propaganda effort? During that same hearing, Senator Romney continued elaborating on his concern, also discussing the need to possibly warn schools 
about the Confucius Institute. You know, I would would welcome the chance to learn about uh, uh, a, a foreign language, uh, the culture of another people. Uh, but it's uh, uh, it would be a very different matter to have people coming in from another nation that has such dramatically different perspectives than than we do in our country. Uh, if if their intent in coming to our country is to uh, is to inculcate those attitudes and views um, among our young people, and and I, I would uh, would hope that. Uh, there's a way for us to be able to determine whether that's occurring and the extent to which it's occurring and to provide, if it is occurring, to provide uh, a warning uh, to uh, educational institutions um, about the uh, the potential uh, concern that uh, would obviously be attached to something of that nature. All right, there you have it. There are There's one side of this. We've heard from Senator Romney here as he communicated some of his concerns in that Senate committee hearing. We've also heard the position by Representative Perucci, uh, who has now uh, today, in fact, introduced a resolution uh, to rid Utah's public universities of uh, the Confucius Institute. Now, with that said, it is not the only view on this. In fact, it was in 2018 after the Institute had been in place for for some time. In fact, the University of Utah started its relationship with the Confucius Institute in 2007. Southern Utah University commenced its relationship with the Confucius Institute in 2015. And a, a third example of Institute presence, Confucius Institute presence, in the Davis County Public Schools, that commencing in 2012. Now, I'm unsure if that relationship continues, but uh, it, it certainly was in place in 2018. Uh, why am I focusing on 2018? Well, because in that year, House and Senate leadership here in Utah's Capitol Hill signed a citation honoring the Confucius Institute. Uh, The signatories of that citation, uh, President at the time Wayne Niederhauser, Speaker Greg Hughes, and Senator Howard Stevenson. It's a rather lengthy citation. I don't have time to read it all to you. I'll uh, summarize by sharing with you just the final paragraph, which reads, The Utah legislature honor and recognize the efforts of the Confucius Institute in Utah to strengthen educational and cultural exchanges and fostering people-to-people interactions between China and the United States. What do you think? Have you had any experiences with the Confucius Institute? Will this newly invigorated debate, triggered by Representative Perucci, will that uh, change the minds, maybe, of these lawmakers? Or at least those who uh, assign their name to it here? These former lawmakers? How about you? Uh, I'd like to hear from you. 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. We're going to take a break right now and we're going to ro- stay on the topic of public universities. But instead of the Confucius Institute, what about the name of Dixie State University? Should it stay or should it go? Should it stay or should it go? I'll share with you a piece of legislation on Utah's Capitol Hill right now. Plus, we'll get the view of Dave Clark, former Speaker of the Utah House, current Board of Trustees Chair with Dixie State University. He'd like to see a new name for the state's university. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. 
I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.